if you feel like you're just not good enough to do much with your life, you're going to benefit greatly from this episode. We're going to look at how environment and events can have two different meanings to two different people. And we're going to look at how events have no meaning other than the one we give them ourselves. That's how you can have the same event have two meanings for two different people. Those meanings can impact the value we put on ourselves and what we believe we have to offer the world around us. I'm Desmond, and this is your Mental Mastery Moment. This podcast is about success for failures. Failures like me, who grew up in a world that valued conformity over creativity. People like me, who have been made to feel like failures in the corporate-structured world of education and the cubicle-littered world of business. This podcast is a misfit's guide to discovering, pursuing, and achieving our infinite creative purpose. So welcome home. Let's change the world around us by changing the world within us. Okay, everybody who's taken the survey, raise your hand. If you've gone to pdesmondadams.com slash survey, raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of, uh, lots of you. Thank you very much. If your hand is not raised right now, uh, either you're driving, which is smart. Okay. Appreciate that. Uh, or you haven't gone there. So would you please take the survey at pdesmondadams.com slash survey? You will play an important part in determining where this podcast goes. This week is the last week that I'm going to mention this. And some of you are thinking, oh, thank goodness he's going to shut up about this dumb survey. It's not a dumb survey. I want to make sure I'm giving you what you want with this show. So I've got four or five questions. It'll take you about two to three minutes to answer them. Probably two, one to two minutes, honestly. But I want to know what you think. So go to pdesmondadams.com slash survey. Thank you very, very much for doing that. Here's the deal. Events don't have any meaning whatsoever. We give events in our life the meaning that they have. The meaning of events exist only in our own mind. Outside of our mind, the events mean nothing or they mean something totally different to someone else. See, our emotional response to events comes from the meaning we give them and the way we feel about that meaning. So given the fact that our emotions are based on our reaction to the meaning of an event, okay, our emotions are based on the reaction to the meaning we give an event, we control our emotions. Is it? Did you follow me along? The emotions we have are based on our reaction to the meaning of an event, and we create the meaning of the event, so we control our emotions. Peace doesn't come when we have peace around us, but when we have peace within us, something I've said several times, we give events meaning in our minds. Our emotional response to events is based on the meaning they have. So when we have peace within, it doesn't matter what happens outside of us, we will still have peace. Peace is independent of what's happening around us. I know that's incredibly difficult to own. But it's the truth. From what I can tell in my life, this is the truth. This is how somebody can be put in a concentration camp. This is how somebody can be tortured and ridiculed and mocked and still feel peace within themselves. 
Let's look at how one may react to a particular situation given our internal state. Saturday morning, you open up your weather app and you see it's supposed to be 95 degrees with nothing but brilliant sunshine. How do you react to this? Well, if you're planning on going to the beach and you're going to spend some time in the water with your family, this is a fantastic event. This means the water's going to feel great and the sun's going to help us get a tan. It's going to be a beautiful, wonderful day for us. This is the best event ever. If you're planning on pulling out some old tree stumps in the yard, that is a horrible forecast. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be so hot. The sun is probably going to be burning us. We're going to have to put sunscreen. Oh, it's going to be miserable all day long. The exact same event, that weather forecast, the meaning of the event is determined internally and differently depending on what you're thinking. If you just planted some grass and it starts raining, you react with happiness. Yeah, nice. Get some good rain on there. It's going to really help that grass start to grow. That's going to help. If your lawn needs to be mowed and it starts raining, you react disappointed because now you're not going to be able to cut it until tomorrow and tomorrow's already busy and it's already too long and it just kind of is horrible. Same event, two different meanings to that event. There really is a verse actually in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, that says the rain falls on those who are good and those who are bad, those who are just and unjust, I guess. The rain has no meaning itself. One sees the rain is good, the other sees it as not so good. Tomorrow it may be reversed. That rain has no meaning except the meaning we put on it. Here's a personal example, and I I really do like sharing these, and I think it's one of the things that I hope sets me apart from everybody else that maybe you're listening to in the personal development world because I want to share with you my shortcomings, my failures, areas, not just, here's what a lot of people do. They talk about the areas they used to struggle in because everything else, I got it all figured out now, but let me tell you about how messed up I used to be. I like to tell you how messed up I still am and still working on stuff because we're working on them together, right? If I think I got it all figured out, well, then I guess I'm done. Time to go. But I haven't. So we're all going to work on this together. I'm in my late 40s. My entire life, I've had this limiting belief that I was inferior to others. I wasn't as good as my brothers and pretty much anyone else who I worked with or lived with. I've shared this with you before. I'm the youngest in my family, and honestly, I don't really have a whole lot of memories of my parents telling me I wasn't good enough. But I do have a lot of memories of that feeling being associated with my older brothers. Now, my dad was really good at stuff, and he prided himself on doing things perfectly, beyond perfect, if, you, if that's possible. But he never I don't really remember him telling me that I wasn't good enough. There were some times where I'd say, Dad, can I help? He goes, yeah, you can help by staying out of my way. I think it was just sarcastic. I, I mean, it, it, it. I remember it now. I'm 47. I distinctly remember that. So it had some effect on me. But really, the big impact on my feeling like I was inferior came with older brothers. They're about a year apart in age from each other. And that means they did a lot of things at the exact same time in life. They learned to tie their shoes, ride a bike, maybe hit a baseball, learn how to throw a football. They learned this at very similar times. The difference of one year is not that great when you're 9, 10, 11 years old. I was four and five years younger than them, which isn't a big deal now that I'm 47 and they're 52. See, now they're in their 50s and I'm I'm a young spry 47. Or even really it wasn't much of a difference at 27. But when you're seven, 
and they're 11 and they're 12. There's a lifetime of difference. Almost literally twice my age at that point. They had learned twice as much as I had, and they were at least twice as good as I was at the things they had learned. Because kids at that age were able to go further from the house. This was in the 70s. Think about that, late 70s. Think about that 70s show, guys. If you're if you're younger and you don't, can't think back to then, it's pretty representative in a fun way. But kids who were older were able to go further from their house. Our street would a lot of times have some teenagers all playing football or baseball with kids from several streets over. There were never really that many kids on my street that were my age. There were a couple. So you end up with 10, 15 guys who are 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, and then one or two of us who are seven or eight years old. You can imagine how this made me feel. The one thing everyone valued, throwing, the catching a football, throwing, hitting, maybe catching a baseball, I was horrible at it. This made me feel like I wasn't good enough to be a part of this crowd in my neighborhood. I didn't fit in. I wasn't good enough. My brothers, like a lot of older siblings, they're pretty much forced to watch me. If you're going outside, take your little brother with you and keep an eye on him. All right. Mom and dad would tell him that. And if they wanted to go do something, they had to bring me along. And I was a nuisance. I know that. You can sense it. We know we feel these things. But I wasn't bad at everything. This is the thing. Growing up, I felt like I'm not good enough because all the things they valued, I wasn't very good at. But I wasn't bad at everything, only those things that that group valued, sports, really. As I got older, even in middle school, I never wanted to really play team sports because I didn't feel I was good enough at it. I always opted to run laps around the baseball field instead of actually playing baseball. In high school, I didn't try out for the football or the baseball team. Instead, I joined the track team where I could compete on my own. I wasn't part of this big team. I mean, you were, but... You know, they weren't really dependent in the in the heat of the moment on me doing something like getting catching that football. I was good at running because I had avoided team sports all those years. I was also really good at being goofy and entertaining people. And I loved doing that. But that wasn't really valued when you're trying to beat the kids from the next block over. Nobody cares that you can juggle three balls. That was just a pain in the butt. The fact that you saw the funny and everything. Come on, come on, man, be serious, focus, focus. I was the king of imagination. I could take my G.I. Joe Command RV Center. I could play for hours with that thing in my room. My imagination ran wild. I remember having a rock fireplace in our house, and I would take my little army men, and I'd have them mount massive battles. They'd be sitting up on a ledge here and a ledge there. They'd have these massive battles for two, three, four hours at a time. My imagination running wild, and they wanted me to focus so I could try to catch a football? That meant turning off my imagination. But now imagine a street full of kids all doing a talent show, people doing magic, juggling, ventriloquism, maybe some puppetry. That's what I love doing. I loved entertaining people. How much of an expert would those jocks be then? Yeah, sure, they can throw a ball. Big deal. Nobody wins a talent show by throwing a ball. All of a sudden, they would have had thoughts like, I'm not good enough. But because the masses were doing something different and what I was good at wasn't valued, I lived with that feeling most of my life. But here's the thing. I'm the one who gave meaning to the event. There was no meaning to those football games other than the meaning I gave them in my own mind. Because I wanted to fit in with the older brothers and their friends. The meaning of the football game was huge. It determined whether I was good enough or not, whether I'd fit in or not. 
This is why it's so, so smart to invest in offering your kids activities in which they can do well. If you have a boy who loves to dance, don't take him to try out for football or baseball. Even if you played it and you want to coach it, he's going to grow up feeling like he's not good enough. But you take him out to a, a dance group, he's going to feel like he's the greatest thing in the world. If you have a little girl who loves to build stuff in the garage with tools, sorry, Mom, but you need to take her to Home Depot for those fun weekend DIY projects. Even though you really want to help choreograph the next dance recital, she doesn't enjoy it. Find that thing that she loves doing, all right? Just an aside there. That will empower them. To this day, I have moments that I struggle, and I'm still influenced by my inability to do the things my siblings or their peers were capable of doing. I will say I've become a lot stronger than ever, especially in the last five, six, seven years. I understand what my gifting is now, where my talents lie. I know my gift is in communications and entertainment, not in piecing together the electronics that are needed to put on the show, but in doing the show itself. I've become so confident in my own ability, in my own areas of expertise and understanding that they have value, that I'm no longer intimidated by the pressures put on me by others. So much so, so much so, I was recently told by someone that I was being righteously indignant because I wouldn't allow them to tell me that I wasn't as good a person as them because I wasn't as talented as them in the same area that they were talented. It hurt. It hurt a lot. But I know why it was said, and I'm okay with it. But I'm not going to leave the door wide open for somebody to take me and degrade me. I now feel strongly that I have giftings in certain areas. And I know those other areas, I'm going to keep working on them. But I'm not going to let somebody tell me, I'm not good enough because I'm not as good as them in the areas where they excel. You are good enough. Understand that. You may have a very narrow area of talent, but that talent is important to somebody, to some group, somewhere. Surround yourself with those people. If you surround yourself with people who don't value it, you're going to feel like you and your entire life is worthless. When you shift over to a group who values that very narrow and specialized gift you have, you're suddenly going to feel like the world could not go on without you. My life, my sense of worth changed 180 degrees when I went from working in a lab, inventing electronic materials, to to being that goofy sidekick on a morning radio show. I was told I had this amazing talent all of a sudden for connecting with people emotionally, and that I'd go so far with that, and it was amazing what I could do. What? Me? I'm not good enough at anything. I thought that gift was a burden. At least it seemed like one when those PhDs were in the lab with me and they're doing these very serious experiments and I'm cracking jokes about stuff that I observe that's funny. It wasn't beneficial there. Put me on a radio show where I observe things and laugh about the things that I see that are funny and oh my gosh, he's brilliant. So keep that in mind. Understand that. Know that about yourself. You have a gifting but you're surrounding yourself with people who don't value that gifting. Start to look at how you can change that and understand that you're the one who's attributing the meaning to the events. To those times when somebody doesn't appreciate your gifting because it doesn't fit in with what they value and that makes you feel like you have no value, you're the one attributing that meaning. So you need to change internally how you're thinking about that and it'll start to change externally how your life is lived. Understand your place. Don't let others' values determine your values. Remember the events in your life. 
have no meaning other than that meaning you put on them. I hope that helps you out a lot because this could be a life changer for you. And if you want to email me on this one, please do, because I realize there's a lot of emotion involved in this topic today. Email me uh, if you want. Um, I would I would love to converse with you. I would even jump on the phone if you wanted to talk about something uh, for a little bit. I, I don't mind doing that because this is a deep, deep issue, and I want you to understand your value, and I want you to start feeling like you're valuable. It's a game changer. Trust me. All right. Thank you so much. If you have a moment today, please go to iTunes and search for Mental Mastery Moment. And give the show a rating and a review, a five-star rating I'm very grateful for. I really just want an honest review of the show. It'll help other people find the show, and I believe that's beneficial to them, and hopefully you believe that as well. So if you care about them, if you care about these other people, if you care about this show, go in and do that rating and review in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else you're listening to the show, uh, whatever platform you're using to consume it please give a rating and review be very very grateful for that thank you so much for spending these 20 or so 15 or so minutes with me may your reach always extend beyond your grasp